Hey guys, welcome out to Psychology Hacks. Today I want to talk about a concept that I learned from reading the work of Dr. Lung a long time ago. I was just getting into psychology, martial arts, and the history of warfare when I discovered his books. And a lot of the concepts that he taught have stuck with me over the years. In particular, one idea does stand out above the rest, and that is the five warning flags. Now this describes the five human weaknesses through the acronym FLAGS, F-L-A-G-S, which stands for fear, lust, anger, greed, and sympathy. Now everybody is vulnerable to each of these weaknesses. However, we all have a tendency to be dominated by one or two. Understanding these weaknesses does two important things for us. First, it allows us to influence others, and secondly, it gives us the self-awareness to protect us from manipulation. Using flags as a roadmap, it becomes easy to quickly read people. Keeping the acronym in mind lets us know exactly what we need to look for when we're interacting with others. All we really need to do is pay close attention and determine which of the weaknesses dominates their personality. So when, and you know, at that point we can use it, um, we can either feed it and cause it to become a major blind spot or we can kind of, uh, kind of balance it out, you know, depending on, on, on what our objective is. Um, and, and then on the other hand, it's vital that we learn our own weaknesses and have that self-awareness because we can be assured that other people are definitely trying to use them against us. So it's, it's best to be prepared. So start off with the first one, fear. Remember, it's fear, lust, anger, greed, sympathy. So fear comes first. Fear has been a preferred manipulation tactic in every culture, class, and industry for ages. It's, it's just so easy to control people if you can make them afraid. And fear, like the other flags, creates a blind spot through which it becomes very difficult to see. You just turn on the news and it's hard to go even a couple seconds without somebody trying to make you fear, feel either fear or anger. Or, I mean, they, have, they, they use other tactics, obviously, but those tend to be the, the main two. Fear is the primary weapon of news stations because they understand that making viewers afraid will keep them dependent on the media source for comfort and reassurance. Fear is also a favorite manipulation tactic um, in abusive relationships. They know that if their partner is afraid to leave, they probably won't, no matter how bad it gets, unfortunately. Fear is an emotion that has to be faced in order to be overcome. If someone is using fear against you, the only way to really free yourself is to face up to it and teach yourself that you can handle whatever happens. If you're engaged in conflict, um, you can easily, easily call upon the strategies of long departed masterminds. And um, quoting from one of Long's books, he likes to say um, the phrase from the battlefield to the boardroom, from the barroom to the bedroom. All strategies, the same thing. And Robert Greene talks about the exact same um, idea um, in the 33 strategies of war. Once you learn the fundamentals, you can apply them to any situation. Strategy is the same. It's universal. It's the, it's the principles, the fundamentals that are important. So planting subtle doubts and insecurities in your opponents will throw them off pretty easily. If you can make somebody doubt himself or herself and, and create that fear, that gives you an immediate leg up psych psychologically. There's countless ways to do this, um, not the least of which is just by showing up with so much confidence that you know they begin to second guess their own abilities. And you don't, you don't always have to go out of your way to sabotage them. Sometimes you can simply present yourself as such a figure of strength and authority that your image will do the work for you. So using fears, doubts, and insecurities, uh, it, it will definitely get you inside somebody's head and it will throw them off their game. And at the same time, it's vital that you carefully guard your own words and your own actions to hide your fears. Um, as well as hiding those fears is equally important to face them frequently. I can't stress that enough. 
it, it's really difficult to control somebody with fear when they're constantly facing their fears, when they're constantly building their self-confidence as a result. Um, and then one more thing on that is just, just notice how loss averse people are because that will give you a huge head start in the power struggle because people are fundamentally, they, they, they are loss averse. So figure out what they are afraid to lose and you know, you have power over them because you can, you can instill that fear that they will lose that thing. And that's just a fundamental aspect of human psychology that they don't want to lose things. It's more painful to lose something than it is to just never get it. So moving forward, fear, lust, anger, greed, sympathy. I'm going to keep saying it so you guys can kind of remember it, but lust is the second one. And this one really shouldn't take too much imagination to utilize. Um, let's be honest, who among us hasn't made some dumb decisions while under the influence of our hormones? Story of my life. So the sex drive is incredibly powerful. It's, a, it's an evolutionary force that can very easily blind us to the bigger picture. When in a lustful state, it's, it's really difficult to utilize our intellectual resources effectively. And every teenager who's ever had a crush knows this. It's a feeling that can overwhelm us, completely lead us into making stupid decisions. And breaking out of a lustful state, ironically, it's, it's really not that difficult, but it is really difficult to get the clarity to realize that you need to break out of them. All of the warning flags have a way of making us feel like there's nothing else in that moment. Unless it's something that people are really never taught to shake free of. Because our modern society sees um, sex as such a taboo thing, lust is typically viewed as something to be shameful and denied and hidden. And when someone's particularly vulnerable to the effects of lust, it can be a very awkward conversation. And most people want to avoid that conversation. So it's easier to look the other way and just hope for the best. It may also be easier to simply criticize those individuals as being promiscuous without giving them any practical guidance. And the fact is that the sex drive is a natural urge that serves a very practical purpose. So when leveraged correctly, it can be an incredibly powerful motivator. And when used dishonestly, I mean, it can be the downfall of nearly anybody. To protect yourself from this weakness it requires a lot of self-reflection, um, mental clarity, honesty, willpower, and just a willingness to be uncomfortable. And that goes for all of these weaknesses, honestly. Sexual frustration can have devastating effects on your lives. Um, I, I think everybody who's, who's over the age of 18 has, has realized that by now. So it's, it's best to find a, a healthy outlet, which this is about all I'm going to say on this topic. But as opposed to trying to repress it, it that which because that almost never works. It, it comes back up in ugly ways, or it, it sabotages you, and it just takes up too much energy to just push it down. And then when you bottle up emotions, they they have a, a habit of messing up your unconscious. They they have a habit of stewing um, under your level of awareness and coming back up to bite you in the ass in the in the long run. So everybody's vulnerable to lust. However, you will notice that some people are particularly prone to its effects. I used to believe that men were more susceptible, um, but with experience I've learned that that's just not true. Women are just as bad, if not worse. They just tend to hide it a little bit better. So also remember that you don't have to be the one to create lustful urges in your opponent. Um, just cause him or her to run across the people who will create those feelings without providing any relief. On top of this, you could pre prevent them from satisfying those urges to begin with, um, which will f further frustrate them. And for that analogy, just think, you know, screaming toddler in the next room. You don't have to be physically there to like, do something, but create a situation where 
they will be frustrated. And while you do this, be honest with yourself and do whatever you need to in order to keep a, keep a clear head while you're on the battlefield. Don't get caught up chasing after distractions. I find that the majority of the time that people engage in flirtation, there's a huge amount of manipulation taking place. And obviously both parties are trying to influence each other. But usually at least one side is being almost completely dishonest. So start to realize this and it becomes clear that risking anything for somebody who's lying to you is a waste of time and a waste of energy. And it puts you in a precarious position. So it's really just not worth it. All right. Moving forward, fear, lust, anger, greed, sympathy. We are on anger now. I almost feel like we don't even need to really talk about anger because it's such an obvious weakness when it's left unchecked, you know? And the people with angry personalities are incredibly easy to manipulate because, you know, you can leave even the smallest frustrations in their path and basically be assured of success because they, they can't handle it. To get under the skin of somebody who is prone to anger is really not that difficult. What we should be focusing on is getting away with it. The more subtle we can be, the more indirect we can be, the better. When you're manipulating somebody, um, it's always best to do it as indirectly as possible because we don't want people to be able to trace things back to us or we look like the bad guy. Whether anger is your primary weakness or not, you are still in danger of its effects, however. Be honest with yourself about this. Just like all of these facts, we all can fall into um, all of these weaknesses. And we all do on a daily basis. I mean, just to varying degrees. So the one, the ones I find that you have the most mental resistance to and feel like, oh, no, that's not me. These are the ones that you, you actually have <laughs> the most work to do on. So um, even if somebody has a healthy amount of self-control, they're going to have a hard time functioning effectively when they're irritated, when they're upset, when they're angry. I will share some advice for dealing with anger, um, whether it's a personality flaw or um, if it's a, the effect of a situation. I mean, sometimes anger is justified, obviously, but uh, for the way I came across this recently, I, I struggled with anger, even though it's not my, my primary weakness. It's not something I have a particular vulnerability to. However, I was in a relationship with a narcissist who was just an absolute master of manipulation. Um, <laughs> she really was. She was able to get under my skin and just send me into a blind rage, like, at will. It was crazy. I've never had anybody able to, to, to get to me like that. You know, and of course, you know, after I got upset, she would punish me with guilt afterwards to agree to whatever she had wanted in the first place. Now, let me just take a pause here and, and mention when I talk about manipulation and, and I talk about all these skills and how to exert your influence in the world. This is not what I'm implying that you should do, Okay. I talk about things like this, one, so, you, so that you can protect yourself, two, so that you can go head-to-head -head with people that are already doing this, but I really discourage you from intentionally hurting people. There, there's no good that can come of it. It's not what I'm about. It's not what I'm interested in. I'm not saying that you guys should, you know, intentionally just take advantage of people and hurt them, uh, and, you know, typically the, the people who look for content like this are former victims of oppressive personalities, and they want to even the odds. True manipulators, they don't really need to to learn how to do this from books and podcasts and whatever. It's something, it's something that they do naturally. So let me put it out there that using knowledge to outsmart truly deceptive people in this world, in this world it, it, that's great, but don't turn into them. They're doomed to playing a zero-sum game. You don't want to end up like that, okay? However, you are obligated to play 
the game of life and society, whether you like it or not. So let's continue. So anyway, in this relationship, I had to learn to control my anger. And the way that I did was, I thought it was a creative solution. Other people disagree with me, they think it's stupid, but it worked phenomenally well. So I just got into philosophy a little bit more. And I started looking for philosophers and you know, quotes, things that I could keep in my head that kind of resonated with me. And I'll share some of the ones that I would reference every chance I got. Um, and these are, these are people that kind of gave me the framework to build a more solid foundation for my character. So this was actually a very good growing experience because, you know, I, I, I memorized all these quotes and I, I meditated on them and I, I thought about them. And whenever anything happened, I would bring them up and they were kind of the, uh, the guidelines for how I was going to conduct myself, which is what philosophy is for. So the first one is from Cato. He said, I begin to speak only when I'm certain that what I'll say isn't better left unsaid. Victor Frankl said, when we're no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. Seneca said, uh, two from Seneca, the greatest remedy for anger is delay. That's probably, if you take nothing else from this, remember that one, the greatest remedy for anger is delay. Wait before you say anything or do anything. And then the other one from him was, begin to live at once and count each separate day as a separate life. And that one just kind of puts you in the mindset of, you know, it, it grounds you a little bit more. It makes you realize, see the big picture a bit more. Kind of realize that this isn't going to be important tomorrow. Why am I going? To, why am I focusing on it? And then the last one is from Marcus Aurelius. He said, uh, "You can leave life right now. So let that determine what you do, say, and think." And again, just kind of keeping you grounded, um, putting things in perspective a little bit better. And of course, once I started following this philosophy, I became much more difficult to control and manipulate because I was growing because that's that's what I'm all about. I like to, you know, improve myself. And, you know, I didn't see it the way at the time um, that I was becoming harder to manipulate. I thought I was just growing as a person. So naturally, I was surprised when this actually incited a, a, a considerable amount of rage um, in the person trying to manipulate me. And, you know, at some point I realized another truth about anger. Um, it's a natural emotion that's there for a reason. And, you know, an uncontrolled temper is a sure way to, to screw up your life. It really is. The presence of anger, though, is something that should not be ignored, especially if it's a persistent thing. If you're just an angry personality, yeah, you got to get that in check. But if you're not typically a very angry person and there's situations, people, things that are making you angry, don't ignore that. You know, you got to keep on top of that. It's a sign. Um, it's a, it's a sign that you have to pay attention to. Don't don't ever let anger take the reins. That's a very slippery slope, and it gets out of control very quickly. But it's important to, to remember that anger is a natural motivator. It gives you the energy to get up and make changes. Okay, so if you feel it, then it very well may be time to make some hard decisions and to get your life together. Don't repress rage and let it burn you alive because it will. Um, you know, forcing it down, swallowing it, it's only gonna it's only going to cause it to come back up in really <laughs> ugly ways in the future um, after it's been sitting and stewing in our unconscious for a while. So learn to integrate your anger without giving it away, without giving it any control. Um, it's, a, it's a terrible master. Okay. Fear, lust, anger, greed, sympathy. So we're almost done. Greed is what we're on now. 
you've ever seen The Wolf of Wall Street, you know that, quote, greed is good. However, it's also one of the seven deadly sins and the five warning flags for a reason. Greed is a blind spot in human nature, and it can easily become extremely disruptive. Sometimes people label high performers as being greedy as a way to tear them down. This allows the accuser to avoid any responsibility for his or her lack of financial success by placing the blame on those corporate fat cat bastards. You know, it's, it's just, it's a cop out. It really is. But that's not really what greed is. We're going to be looking at greed for what it really is and learn how to protect ourselves from it and utilize its presence in others. You can leverage greed pretty easily. Um, if somebody has a greedy personality, you can incentivize them to act rather ferociously towards other people. So, you know, you, you get them so focused on what they want that they begin to overlook the feelings of uh, the other humans in their environment, you know. And that's really the, the thing here is that they, they get people who are prone to greediness, they tend to kind of value things and objects and achievements over people and they lose touch with reality and that's that's always a downfall you know guys when i say you know manipulate people i, I don't mean take it i don't mean use them as you know objects I, I mean understand their psychology understand how to work with them how to influence them not how to um you know just use them because it's it's in the long run that never works out i mean it's morally an issue obviously but Aside just from ethics, it's not a it's not a workable strategy. It's not a sustainable strategy anyway. It does work for a while, but you don't want short-term success. You want long-term success. So remember not to confuse a strong work ethic with greed. While ambition can definitely become a blind spot, the character of the individual is also really important to understand. So before you, you jump to label somebody as being greedy, you need to look at them as a complete individual, not just as, oh, well, they want a lot of stuff. They want more. They work really hard. That doesn't mean they're greedy, per se. Somebody with a strong sense of empathy who strives for success without seeing others as mere stepping stones, it's, it's going to be a lot harder to spin them out of control. Okay? It's the ones who value material gains over everything else that you need to look out for. This need for more comes from a sense of internal lack. I hear my cats in my kitchen, and they're in my cabinets. I'm going to kill them. So, all right, where was that? The, the sense for more comes from a need, um, a sense of internal lack. And greedy people tend to be disconnected from others. This won't be too hot, or this won't be too hard to spot in most cases, but a lot of times the worst greed does manifest in um, sociopathic and narcissistic narcissistic personality types and those individuals are extremely deceptive and they're absolute masters of manipulation so i'm going to kind of gloss over greed and normal people for a minute because it, it's like i said it's easy to spot it, it's not terribly hard to, to utilize either once you become aware of it it's it's the the people that are manipulating you that are really dangerous here because they are greedy and a lot of times you don't realize it because they play nice they're very charming they're very unassuming and these are the people that they don't need like i said they don't need to listen to stuff like this because they've been living it every single day of their lives they hide their greed behind fake friendship and all, all the niceties but at their core they really don't care for anyone beyond the value that they hold and people tend to avoid the types who are just obviously greedy to begin with you know the ones that um the scrooge mcjones 
Scrooge McDuck types, whatever, um, depending on how old you are. Um, but, you know, people tend to avoid those types of people. Uh, the ones who hide it are the ones that can really get you in trouble. They only want what they want, and they will not hesitate to use others if they think they can get away with it. Now, the good news is that while it can be difficult to flush out these kind of individuals, there are some things you can look for. Um, identifying these warning signs is kind of outside the scope of this episode, but it is something that I want to cover soon because it's been coming, it's becoming a theme in my life. And if it's a theme in my life, it's probably a theme in your life as well. So I want to try to help you guys out. At least tell you the lessons I've learned recently, anyway, uh, the last year or two. But as a key point, just remember this. If you pay close enough attention to anyone, they will always slip up. There will always be chinks in their armor. Don't become too infatuated with anybody because then it's going to become difficult to see them objectively. Take a step back and look at things from an outside perspective and do this as often as possible. Once you understand that somebody is prone to greed, lean into it. You know, Push them into overextending their reach with the promise of more. Um, lure them into a trap with glittery bait, whatever you got to do. They usually have a sense of entitlement, uh, which is another kind of giveaway that you can just, you meet people and you just realize, man, like you just, you think you're all that and you're really not. And they just demand so much from other people and they have nothing to offer. And it's like, they're very demanding and they're entitled. And it's like, why? Like, what, what are what have you accomplished? What do you, what are you giving back? They're the worst kind of people, <laughs> especially when they're manipulative and they don't have any empathy and they just kind of use people, which they usually do. So leverage that, you know, push them into becoming raging tyrants that nobody's going to tolerate. Um, it, it's pretty easy to get somebody to overextend themselves, especially if they have that entitlement mentality that they really won't want to do anything. So they'll try to use other people to do it for them and... Sometimes people are pushovers and will go along with it for a minute. But if they start really getting pushed around and everybody's getting really pushed around, that, that person's not going to have any, any place to go anymore. At the same time, keep your own avarice in check. Learn good financial habits that are going to make you feel secure and less desperate. Practice living simply from time to time to remember how little you truly need. You know, I love camping as much as possible. I like to get out with absolutely nothing you know, by myself. And when you're out there for a few days and you don't have a phone, you don't have really any food except for like the bare minimum of what you need and there's nothing to do but spend that time out in nature, you realize you're okay. You know, you, you're, you're fine. You know, I went through a difficult time financially not too long ago. And when I had hit rock bottom, I was like, wow, okay, well, you know what? Like, I'm fine. Like, I'm still alive. So going through that, you know, practicing that was it Socrates or Seneca that said practice poverty? It was one of the philosophers I was talking about earlier. They said, you know, practice poverty on a regular basis. And it's not because you need to love poverty. It's because you just need to, to get out of the mentality that you need stuff. Because you really don't need that much, you know. And healthy ambition is, is something that's going to get you far in life if you have it. But it's different from greed. Okay, so understand the difference. Greed, you know, that sense of I need stuff because there's a hole in me and I need to fill it. That's an ugly monster that's going to eat you alive from the inside out. So don't get so fixated on what you want that you can't appreciate what you already have. Also, be careful not to make the mistake of valuing money or things over people. In the long run, that's something that never works out. Money comes and goes, but people tend to have very exceptional memories for anyone who has ever 
wronged them. So in the long term, it's best to have some sort of good ethical standpoint. All right, we're almost done here. Sympathy, fear, lust, anger, greed, and sympathy. <clears throat> this is the last of the flags. And when I first read that sympathy was a weakness, I was more than a little confused. It really didn't process for me that others played on the sympathy of other people. Um, or that feeling for others was actually anything other than the mark of a good person. I really just didn't get it at first. Of course, you know, using years later, I realized that this confusion was the result of a blind spot on my part. The mental resistance was because sympathy is actually pretty much my dominant weakness. Something I have only recently understood about myself. So like I said, if you have that mental resistance, it's probably something that you need to look into. <laughs> and that's true for anything. It's not just these. Um, that's going to be your biggest opportunity for personal growth is whatever you're, you least want to think about or at least want to admit to yourself excuse me so those of us who are unfortunate enough to care about other people we really have to exercise as much discipline as everybody else um, when we're controlling these weaknesses we have to learn to set and adhere to boundaries we have to learn to cut out parasitic people we have to identify the warning signs of manipulative people and typically those with a strong sense of sympathy uh, we want to see the best in others, even if those others are actively taking advantage of us. And even if we know that they're actively taking advantage of us, we want to say, well, you know, they're, they're really a good person, fundamentally, blah, blah, blah. You know, this quality is not necessarily a bad thing if the person has the wisdom to protect themselves from the reality of life. But it's usually not the case. It's very rare that it's the case. Um, like I said, this is something that took a lot of work and personal growth for me to be able to establish boundaries to be able to cut out people who are using me people who are wasting my time and just stop giving so much to people you know and of course now i'm a totally different person now that i've learned those lessons but for a long time that was it's not something that came easily to me and you know playing on the the sympathetic person it's fairly easy so long as you make yourself look vulnerable and you make them believe that all you want is a fair shot at personal growth. You know, if it seems like the world's out to get you and you, you genuinely want to get better and improve and other people are keeping you down, situations are keeping you down, and that's it. But nine times out of ten, somebody with a sympathetic personality weakness is, you know, they're, they're going to be pretty easy to, to manipulate in that situation. So if you're like me and you do, tend, you do happen to have this weakness, I'm going to tell you right now, right now, you had better get to work on yourself before somebody else gets to work on you. Because believe it or not, this world is absolutely full of wolves in sheep's clothing. And these people will actively be seeking out people like you for victims, all right? You'll probably have to learn the hard way, unfortunately. Um, I know I did, but hopefully I, I can at least give you some pointers here. I can at least bring it to your attention and help you learn faster and a little bit easier. And, you know, everybody with a normal emotional capacity, I'm going to say this, everybody with a normal emotional capacity is, a, is vulnerable to the effects of sympathy. And therefore, they have to learn to protect themselves the same way that they would from anger or greed. And I'm not saying don't ever be sympathetic. I'm saying just understand when it's being used against you, Okay. And the best way to do this is just to have the self-respect to set clear boundaries and to cut off anybody who crosses them. And you'll very 
creepily notice that the manipulative people are the ones that get mad at you when you set these boundaries. They're the ones that throw a fit over it, that try to make you feel guilty for it. So listen, anybody, if, if somebody does this, I don't care who they are, significant, significant other, close personal friend, family member, whatever, you need to get rid of that person because you need to either get rid of that person or at least take some time to really look at them objectively and realize that they probably don't have your best interests in mind. Because anybody that truly cares for you will honor your decisions when it comes to things like that, okay? Now, if you're being unreasonable with your boundaries, it's a different story. You need to have some self-awareness, you know? If you've been with somebody for, you know, if you're married to somebody and then you say, you know what, I need some space, let's not live together anymore. Well, that's probably a situation where they're justified in getting upset. If you work with somebody and they say, you know what, we don't get along. Um, I really think that you should move your desk to the other side of the room. You know, that, that's my boundaries. But, well, that doesn't really make any sense. You know, if you're, if you're being unreasonable, if you're demanding things from other people, if you're trying to make them change significant things in their lives, they're justified in getting upset about it. They're going to be resistant to it. You know, so you need to really put thought in, figure out what is important to you, what you can tolerate, what you can't tolerate, and then stop putting up with it, you know? Set those clear boundaries. Um, just don't make them impulsively, you know? Put some thought into it. Don't make them under the um, influence of another warning flag, <laughs> another weakness, okay? The people that don't respect your boundaries are the ones that are... The, the ones that take it personally when you try to like protect yourself, if they get offended by it, um, those are the people that are gonna accuse you of being cruel. Those are the ones that are gonna fly into a rage. Those are the ones that are taking advantage of you as well. So just understand that. It takes time, but eventually through practice, you will learn to, to distinguish the two. And at that point, you will be able to live in peace. So just to, to wrap everything up real quick, the five warning, warning flags, fear, lust, anger, greed, sympathy, they're an excellent cheat sheet. And they're something that I've been using for over a decade now. So take notice of any strong feelings that come up in social settings. Most people never become conscious of their own emotions and are therefore controlled by them. The goal is not to become a robot with no feelings or this master manipulator. That's not the goal. And instead, it's, it's to not be a slave to your unconscious and it's to have an awareness of how other people think and operate so that you can interact with them efficiently, okay? So start identifying the people closest to you, first of all, by their primary weaknesses so you can get some practice and then start learning how to notice them and everybody that you come across. It definitely takes some work, but it will leave you with a much deeper understanding of the world around you. And again, my goal is not to teach you how to manipulate and use other people. But the reality is that if you don't understand these things, they will be used against you. And like it or not, life is a game and you can't win if you refuse to play by the rules and if you refuse to learn the rules. So take it step by step. Let me know how it goes. Good luck, guys. Thank you for listening.